So is it sad that we get older and that we can never get the time back and that every good weekend and good time passes and becomes a memory? When we say it like that, it does sound pretty sad, if not very sad. Oh, those good old times when I was a young man or woman. Oh, man, when I had some more money, when I had some more energy and I could go hard all night. I could do this and that and back and these. So it sounds pretty sad, but if we're going to get serious and we're going to really think about our life and its purpose, is it still sad? So we would say that in the animal mode of life and the insect mode of life and the, probably the bacteria mode of life as well, uh, it is very sad because it, the sole thing that an animal is good for is to pursue little bursts of stimulation, little satisfactions of desire. We can watch a cow. What does it do all day long in the field? It's looking for a new burst uh, of, uh, of stimulation up in uh, one uh, mouthful of grass, another one, another one, another one. And the same thing for the horse and the piggy and the donkey and every farm animal and every animal and every insect. That's the only way that animals and insects function. So we see when we're in the animal mode of life, that's our sole currency. That's the only thing that we got are these moments and are these uh, quote unquote good times right? I had a good time and that's that, that that's the, the value of it now I can remember it maybe I took some photos of it maybe hey, what's the some people asked some real deep questions what's the most important thing is it money or experiences well I think that money why because I can get more experiences with them maybe experiences because you know it's all about being happy it's not about the money so when we're in the animal mode of life that's how we think you know happiness what's going to make me happy Oh, it's going to be a good time. Soon I'm going to take a vacation. Uh, soon I'm going to, you know, I'm going to retire in my, wherever I want, yada, yada. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't feel sad or guilty, but we're just, uh, we have to clarify our thinking concerning these matters objectively, even if it applies to our very own self, which it in all likelihood does. That's perfectly fine because we have to think about the truth and not about our own interest and, and modify the truth in light of our own interests. So anyhow, in that mode of life, the passage of time and the passage of uh, uh, our experience is very sad. But we would say there's a human mode of life which consists out of uh, the pursuit of perfection. But of course, what kind of perfection? The perfection of our wallet or the perfection of our uh, uh, morning routine or efficiency? No, it's, it, it, it's just in the pursuit of moral perfection in, uh, in reducing our selfishness and our vanity and our nonsense and clarifying our thought. And striving and moving away from our animal origins towards something higher and greater and better. So if that's our objective, then the purpose of our temporal, meaning day-to-day momentary experiences is what? It is to aid that purpose by the way of improving our understanding. So meaning we want different excuse me, kinds of experiences. Not to enjoy, not to have a good time for its own sake. That fine, and certainly I see there's different modes of life. But at a certain point, if we are, if we're ready to strive for for something higher, it wouldn't be for that. It would be to help us assimilate some kind of idea, help us realize some kind of idea, and consequently take us a step closer towards our own perfection, which we would say. It has something to do with uh, the ideas that are in our mind because we'd say, what's really from a baby to an adult? Obviously, the physical changes are obvious. There's, uh, we grow taller, hopefully. Some cases, no. But most of the time, babies grow taller and bigger and, and stronger and heavier and, and all of this. But really, what's the change from an inner perspective? We would say 
It's a change of thought. A baby is a baby in thought as it concerns his or her understandings and his or her mind. And an adult, not simply a, a child in an adult's body, but a real adult is an adult in thought, in maturation. It, the, the quality and the quantity of ideas has gone up. So if we want to go from just being an adult to, say, being a human being and to keep on going, we have to improve the quality and quantity of what we call our ideas. And in order to do that, it's not enough simply to hear something or to just read something in a textbook and be able to recite the words. We have to realize those ideas in our life. And we do that via our experiences, via our actions, via what we get into on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, we can hear of the idea that all people are real. They're not simply images on my retina. They're not simply objects that I use for my benefit, for my low benefit. Right? This, but this object can uh, do something for me. Maybe it, it can earn me some money. This object can maybe give me pains. So I'm going to run away from it. It's not simply that. People are real. They really exist in the same way that I exist. Consequently, their fundamental worth is equivalent to mine. Our moral worth can obviously fluctuate. We wouldn't equate a person that is is, uh, is working on him or herself in an adequate way with somebody that has degenerated to the animal mode of life and below, that, that wouldn't be fair, would it? It'd be, and vice versa, if the person that initially was very low becomes high now in the in, in what the way we're saying and and the person that was very high becomes very low then it, the, their values would switch in that way but intrinsically fundamentally as a question of existence and being we would say yeah a real person is no more and no less real than I am so consequently each time I see my own body in the mirror I think that's a real person I'm not gonna go and, and uh, attack this uh, body that I seek this image that I see because it's mine it's it's a representative of me so when I see other images that qualify Meaning not the 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 dummies at the the mall, the plastic uh, mannequins. But when I see real living human bodies, it's the same thing as when I see my own body. So now we've heard of this idea, but of course, if we if we just heard of it and then we dismiss it, it's not going to change our actual experience. It's not going to change our being in the way that the being of a baby changes to that of an adult. It's not going to do that. We have to go and realize that. So then we pick up some experiences. Maybe we go and we volunteer at a soup kitchen every weekend. And every time that we give the soup to uh, the the needy person. We're not thinking, here I am with my self-image and my vanity and my insecurities and I want to feel less guilty so I'm going to do this to be a good person so I feel good about myself. These objects are lining up in front of me. Maybe, of course, I'm going to smile. I'm very you know, uh, mindful and uh, and charismatic and uh, empathetic and who knows what. Uh, so I'm going to smile and say please and thank you. But really, these are just objects. Really, the, the reality is that, that what it really comes down to is my self-image and my nonsense. Now, I'm going to take that idea that each person is real. Each person I deal with, I'm going to really try to focus on the real in, in, innermost reality. And it doesn't mean I have to do something different or say something different, but it's a different state of mind. I'm going to do it again and again and again. Now, maybe I don't have to volunteer to soup kitchen. Maybe just my job. I work uh, picking up the phone all day long. So now it's not just the voice of some random, uh, so, some, uh, some random voice on the other end. It's a person. It's a real person whose innermost existence I can affect by the way I communicate with them. So I'm going to do that again and again and again and again, hundreds, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of times. Hey, what about my coworkers? Same thing. What about my family? Same thing. They're not just, oh, this is uh, my uh, spouse, aka somebody that can make me feel special and important. Now, he or she offended my feelings. They, he or she betrayed my trust and offended my pride. That's it. Goodbye. No, it's a real person that exists in the same way that I am. So I'm going to realize that idea. 
again and again and again. So we see that would be the purpose of experience. So we wouldn't then be like, oh, I miss it so much. Oh, good times. I'm so sad that it passed. No, the whole point uh, of, of our day-to-day experiences is to help us realize this idea. And if we succeed in realizing it, not that to say there's an end to it, and then we can realize it more and more, but even to a sufficient extent, our entire being changes every single moment where, where we're not as contracted as we were before to our tiny little narrow point of individuality, but where we realize the reality of the people around us, where we're moving through the world, continually aware of the needs and, and the being of everybody around us, of the person who we're driving behind or the person who we're driving in front of or the person who's checking us out at the grocery store, excuse me. Or the person who is walking down the street or the person who calls us or the scammer who calls us and tries to manipulate us or the, the, the thief who tries to steal something from us or the person who tries to help us or a family member or friend. We're continually aware of the innermost being of each and, indiv- each and every excuse me individual that we deal with. And that is, needless to say, a completely different existence than the, than the vain contracted, narrow, animalistic one we had before. So that was the purpose of the experiences. It wasn't to cling to them. It wasn't to take a photo of them so we can make somebody jealous on the internet. It wasn't for that. It was for the a high thing, a good thing. So we say we can apply the same thinking to everything else. I want to go to work. I want to wake up in the morning. I want to stay at home. I want to go on vacation. I want to do these kinds of different things. I want to take a trip to the shopping mall. I want to take a trip to the beach or walk down the street or get some food or whatever the case may be, not for some kind of low animalistic end so that I can stimulate myself and my senses. No, it's to take a step closer to my perfection by realizing ideas, to put it that way. It's not the words themselves. It's what the words stand for. If we think of ideas, we hear the word ideas and we think uh, something in a textbook or something in a, you know, in a, in a, in a, some kind of school academic thing. It's not what we're talking about, as we explain, in a very different and deeper way. That's the thing. So we have to, of course, we have to think a little bit for that. We have to try to pick up different ideas. Uh, we have to try to make things click. But as soon as something clicks, we have to go from simply dismissing it or from simply thinking about it in a, in a superficial way. Oh, yeah, this. Okay, yeah, very interesting. Now I go back to being to the animal mode of life to think, okay, this is something that, that I can realize through my day-to-day experiences uh, the, from morning to, to evening. And now I'm going to do that, whether it's the reality of another person, whether it's the fact that every person means good. Now, I heard that idea. Now, I'm realizing it. I'm thinking about the intent of everything that everybody does to me or everything that I hear. I see something in the nose. It's very uncomfortable. But I think, why did the person do it? Could it be because the person is fundamentally different than me and wanted something other than good? No, it can't be. So maybe the person did it because in their low state of development, in their animalistic state of development, that's what seemed good to them, even if it's very extreme and brutal and unacceptable. We don't excuse the action, but we also don't bend reality to, to facilitate our feelings or to accommodate our feelings. So I, I'm paying attention there. Somebody cut me off on the road. I'm paying attention. They did it for a reason. What could be the reason? Maybe they're late. Maybe that's their psychological coping mechanism. Okay, no problem. I forgive. I don't even get offended in the first place. Somebody said something mean to me. It's the same thing. Why did they say something mean to me? Uh, or why did they say mean thing to me? Because it was uh, for serving some kind of need of theirs. Okay, I don't get offended in the first place. My family member said this or that. My friend said this or that. This happened at work. Da, 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 da. My eyes and I were realizing this idea. When we get to a point where we universally see only the good, where we understand the reality, which is that everybody does everything 
for a good reason. We have fundamentally changed our being, every single instance of it. So it wasn't then about the times and about the experiences and about what we could photograph. The purpose of that was to facilitate this change in our being. So that's the way a way we can think about uh, our life and the content of our days to really uh, switch things up. So let's think about it. Thank you for listening.